I realized in the early service, I looked out and I saw Dr. LaVon Brown seated over there, and I realized this is the first time that I have preached in First Baptist Church Norman since the 70s when my brother was ordained here. And uh, LaVon asked me if I would do the charge to my brother. And uh, I remember that with great fondness on this day as well. My friends Rick Hall and Steve Seelig and I met in college and that very first year we learned to love Mama Sid. She and her husband, a black couple, I, I suspect in their 80s, owned Herb's Hot Roast Beef, a small counter diner. By the time we came along in the fall of 1967, Sid ran the diner alone. Herb had suffered a stroke and he lived in their small apartment up the back stairs. Sid gave good care to him and their customers in the diner day and night. As I recall, the, the menu at Herb's had only one item, seasoned tender beef served on a rye bun, a little tiny thing for 25 cents. A dollar's worth was a virtual feast. And you had two decisions to make, whether you wanted it wet or dry, and whether you wanted hot mustard or regular mustard. I preferred wet, and I preferred adding a little of my own hot mustard, along with a good supply of salt and pepper. The sandwiches were well worth the drive from the campus to a neighborhood south of the tracks, down by the flour mill in Shawnee. But as good as the sandwiches were, they were probably not the only reason for you to go and stand and wait in line behind people eating at one of the 12 stools across the counter. I think we may have actually gone to Herb's to enjoy Sid. She was a delightful and a very gifted conversationalist. The moment you walked through the door, she'd begin putting on the charm. Well, look, there's my three favorite guys. And you know, even if she used the same line on everybody that came through the door, it didn't matter. We soaked it up nonetheless. It's fun, don't you think, to be fussed over? And if the truth were to be told, I was always a tad bit jealous about how she carried on about our friend Seelig in the group. Always loyal in her affection for him. You got the impression that in her eyes, Rick and I weren't anything more than just chopped liver. She gave Seelig way too much attention. She would say, oh Seelig, I've missed those dark, beautiful eyes. 
Thank you for coming to see me. After our sandwiches and a bottled Coke and some good conversation, we'd pay our bill, bill and we'd head our way through the customers who were waiting for a seat. And just before we got to the exit, Mama Sid would call out every time. She would say, Mother loves you. Come see me. And if you can't come, send your money. Wade and I were discussing it'd make a pretty good summer stewardship theme, wouldn't it? We love you. Come see us. And if you can't come, send your offering. I must tell you, and I'm not exaggerating, that Sid may be the first person that in my young life up to that time, I had met who I could even think about embodying the powerful words in this proverb. About a virtuous woman. About, as the Hebrews called this text, about lady wisdom. I especially like the way Eugene Peterson describes her in verse 18. He says, This woman is a person who sensed the worth of her work and was never in a hurry to call it quits at the end of the day. One thing for sure, this woman, like Mama Sid, like Wisdom herself, she was always very hard at work. She was always very hard at work everywhere. She kept herself busy seeking wool and cotton, working, the text said, with her willing hands, bringing back exotic food and surprises, looking over a field to be purchased, and then buying the field. This woman was always hard at work on everything, rising before dawn to prepare meals and to organize and to outline her day and all of the duties that it held, buying a field and planting the garden, buying the seed with money that she had earned. She perceives that what she has made with her hands is a product of value, that it has an ability to make a profit. And so she does indeed sense the worth of her work, working, as it says, late into the evening. Her, her lamp did not go out at night. Being diligent in her skills for homemaking spins her own thread and weaves her own cloth. Being diligent in her skills for homemaking, selling her goods for profit, designing and marketing her dresses, dressing for the job she was working to get done. The text said her clothes were made, uh, well made and were elegant. They also fit just right for the task at hand. And she was always very hard at work for everybody. Treating her husband generously. 
So much so that in verse 23 it says that her husband is greatly respected. And you get the idea that it's because she has earned the respect of the community. It sort of spills over onto him. She starts her day early being gracious to those that she will work with. And she will be very clear on the tasks that are before them. She's generous, opening her hands to the poor, reaching out to the needy. She plans ahead for the upcoming challenges. And because she plans ahead, she's not frightened by even the storms to come. And she faces tomorrow with a smile, projecting confidence and joy in the future. I say it's a good way to be described that strength and dignity were her clothing. She is fascinating because she speaks with wisdom and the scripture says with kindness. The Torah of Hesed. She is far from silent. She speaks with a gentle wisdom. Well, here's the way the day starts. Up before dawn, and her lamp does not go out at night. And then the proverb will conclude by saying that her strength, her capability, her excellence come from her devotion to God. Charm can mislead, and beauty fades. But the woman to be praised is the woman who trusts in God. You'll have to take my word for it, but this poem tells Mama Sid's story. She was indeed a woman who was willing and able. I am still to this day inspired when I think about the care that she gave for Herb. And when I think about the energy she devoted to three young students who really probably didn't yet know straight up from sideways. And I am also moved by the care that she gave to the kids in, in her community. Yesterday I put this online to say I was going to share about Mama Sid. And one of my friends wrote a story to say, did you know that one day she said to me in the in the diner, she said, I bet you you've got clothes in your closet you're not wearing. Why don't you gather up a bunch and bring them to me? And so she said when she took them down to the diner, Mama Sid gave her the privilege of taking her upstairs where she got to greet Herb, but she also got to see that one room was devoted to stacks of clothing by their size ready to share with the kids in the neighborhood. Now, let me say, never lose track of the brief moments in your life or the importance of those moments because I think those few and very impressionable moments in Herb's Diner helped shape my theology of the priesthood of every believer and helped craft my theology of both women and men. Sid was a person who sensed the worth of her work 
and was never in a hurry to call it quits at the end of the day. This proverb is completing the Proverbs. It's sort of like coming to the end of your favorite novel and you cannot wait to read the last page to see what it's going to say. And so the Proverbs all end with this beautiful image given. Each line part of an acrostic to facilitate its memorization. To encourage us to weave the slender threads of the fabric of our own being into our well-being and into the well-being of our world. I'm wondering out loud, if I could, if perhaps these poetic lines aren't part of the greater gospel. Think about this. The epitome of wisdom in the flesh is this woman. Think about Jesus, the incarnate Word, become flesh. And think then about the task of the church to be the physical body of Christ for our resurrected Lord. The church is the bride of Christ. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Could it be that this proverb is casting a forward look at the bride of Christ? Could it be that this lady wisdom is the model for all that the church is called to be and all that the church is called to become? My friend Milton Horn has written a commentary on the book of Proverbs published by Smith and Helwes. It would be good for your library. And he says about this proverb that this closing description of the valorous woman leaves no doubt why the ancient sage believed a society succeeds. He's writing to us to tell us that the success of a family and that the success of a community and that the success of the world in which we live is determined by people like this. Her strength, her determination, her skill, her diligence, her cleverness, and of course, her devotion. They are the foundation. And so one is going to have to search long and hard to find such a woman as this. And yet there's no guarantee that you will find such a one because, Dr. Horn says, this is no ordinary woman. I think it's worthy of our thoughts that the church is called to be no ordinary woman, rather a mixture of tenderness and tenacity, all made extraordinary because of her trust in God. I appreciate Rachel Held Evans and her writings. She believes this proverb reveals what wisdom looks like in action. I think she's accurate that the purpose of the poem is to draw attention to the often overlooked glory of the everyday. How is it that we could learn to examine the mundane activities of our everyday existence and find there in that the very glory of God? Now it's interesting, Kelly, that 
In the Jewish custom, it's not the women who memorize this proverb, but it is the men. They memorize it as a song of praise to the women in their lives, a song for their wives and for their daughters, for their sisters and mothers and friends. And I think, men, this would be a good assignment for us. So you've got your orders, you've got your instructions, you've got it from the custom of the Hebrew children. Go home and memorize Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, so that we might together join in giving praise to those with whom we share the journey. The first line of the poem, a virtuous woman who can find, is best translated a woman of valor, a woman of strength, a woman of capability, of excellence. Who can find this woman? The Hebrew says, Ashe Shayil, woman of valor. Valor isn't about what you do, it's about how you do it. And the church is called to be like a woman of valor, like Ruth, a destitute foreigner whose daily work involved gathering, threshing, and winnowing wheat. Ruth undertook, of course, different tasks, but she does those tasks with valorous efforts. Ruth was widowed. She didn't spend her days making clothes for her husband. Ruth had no children to rise up and call her blessed. Ruth didn't spend her days exchanging fine linens with the merchants. She worked all day in the sun, gleaning leftovers from other people's fields, finding provisions made for the poorest of the poor. And yet listen to what Boaz says about her. Before she gets married, before she has a child, before she becomes a wealthy and influential woman. Ruth 3.11 says, All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. And it is important to note that the same Hebrew phrase is used, Ashe Jayil, Woman of value. The church is called to be just such a woman as Ruth, who lived her life with incredible bravery, wisdom, and strength, like Sarah and Deborah and Esther, like Mary Magdalene and Martha and Priscilla and Phoebe, like the women of value in your life who bring their unique gifts, their insights, their passions, and their callings to bring hope and healing in our world. And so may I say, we are called to be like our friend Sid, even from a long time ago. Because my encounters with her 
have indelibly marked my life. I remember early in the evening being at Herb's, the only customers at the counter in Herb's hot roast beef, on Friday evening, April 4th, 1968. I remember that evening reflecting that, Mark, that Sid was particularly engaging that night. Her conversation was stimulating. And it always found its way going beneath the surface to the real substance of things, as was her nature. She had just served our hot roast beef sandwiches when a handsome young black teenager rushed into the diner, and yet you had to look to see, to notice that fear and anger were in his eyes. He said to her, when she said, what is it, my child? He said, Mama said, they have shot the king. She took him in her arms for a good long moment. And then she turned to the three of us and she said, you boys need to get in your car and get back to the campus. You see, in her wisdom, she knew painfully that we still in our world had a long way to go. Sadly, we bump into again this summer just how far we really still do have to come. That's why for me it's important to recall that Mother loves you. That's why I think it is urgent and important to remember that Mother Wisdom loves you. Mother Wisdom, the person who places her trust in God, this one loves you. Let us pray together.